Amen. Uh, Jacob and I, uh, we are a part of a new generation, hopefully, of people that feel like we should be partnering with each other and not trying to do this on our own. And so they actually asked a bunch of churches to partner with them for what God is doing. We're going to do the same thing. We'll be asking all the churches uh, that are in our network to help us. And, and we figure if we all help each other that we can see this thing really go. And uh, come on, Jesus. Jesus is on the move. His uh, presence, the Holy Spirit is on the move. We're, we're so excited about what he's doing here in the Seattle region. We can't wait for our church plant in Fredrickson uh, starting in September. Pastor Jeremy and the team, man, that's going to be so good. Can we give it up to the Lord for what he is doing? Amen. Woo. All right, well, turn your Bibles if you have them, smartphones, tablets, whatever you got. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to be in six verses today, verse 1 through verse 6. Verse 1 through verse 6. What a series. I just love it. Have you enjoyed it? This has been so good. This is church is what we've called the series. Just a quick recap to catch us up and get us all up to speed. We learned uh, the very first week that we're the temple of God, right? We're a place where the very spirit of God dwells both individually but also corporately. We learned that when we gather, the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts, each one uh, grace gifts, these manifestations of his spirit. So we have this confidence that whenever a spirit-filled, spirit-led church gathers, whenever we gather, whether it's here in this building or whether it's over at the park or whether it's in one of your living rooms, down by the river, wherever it is, uh, when we gather, the Holy Spirit comes. He is always faithful to come, and he distributes these gifts. We talked about these gifts that are mentioned, uh, that they're manifestations, again, in 1 Corinthians and 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says it this way. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Can everyone say common good? That's so important. That, that's why a Spirit-filled church is exciting. That's why a Spirit-filled church is encouraging. It, it's a good place to be. It, it's a place that is full of life because it's a place where God's Spirit is at work. And praise the Lord, His Spirit is at work in spite of us. But His Spirit is at work through us. Amen? Right? For His name, for the sake of His name, His glory, but also what? For our common good. For the common good of His people. So we learned we're the temple of God. We also learned that we're the body of Christ. Did you know that we are the body of Christ? And we talked about how each part of the body, the human body, there's a, a vitality to each part of the body. And just as it's true with the human body, it's also true with the body of Christ. And, and if you remember that, I handed out a puzzle piece to every one of you. And I said, thank you for playing your part in the body of Christ. Each part valuable, each part needed. And then two weeks ago, Pastor Mary, what a great sermon that was. We learned that if you're playing your part without love, well, guess what? It's probably not worth doing, right? <laughs> it might as well not do it. Without love, all that effort, all that serving, all those amazing words of wisdom and knowledge, all of those things that you think you're doing for the kingdom. If it's done without love, what did the Apostle Paul say? It's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, I love it. He says it's a noisy gong. It's a clanging cymbal. We must do everything in love. Right, Lystring? Come on. As Christ has loved us, so we love one another. Last week, Ashley, and uh, I was so thankful for that prayer that Braden and Ashley led us through today, but our children's director did such a good job of encouraging us to keep in step with the Spirit, 
we got to walk with the Spirit, right? If we're faithfully going to play our part, we got to every day, daily be refilled, daily seek the Lord, daily spend time with Jesus, spend time in His presence, be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So you do not indulge the sinful nature, but yet instead you live by the Spirit, living out that abundant, joy-filled, overflowing life with God. And this is church. Don't you just love it? I love church. And watch out, oh boy, when a church starts living this way. Do you know what the world around you is going to see? Yeah, you know the answer. You can shout it out. They're going to see Jesus. They're going to see Jesus. And do you think that the world around us might need Jesus? Jesus. Now, today's passage I'm pretty excited about. It's an opportunity to talk about something that's dear to my heart, the idea of prophecy and of prophesying and so I, I want to spend some time on this, and I'm going to read that passage uh, one more time. Or actually, I'm going to read the passage for the first time, but before I do, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, we come in your name. And I love what Ryan said, that there's power in your name. If there's any name to be known as the name above all names, it's your name. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. So we lift up your name today. May you be glorified. May you move in this place by the Holy Spirit for the sake of your name. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14 verses 1 through 6. Pursue love. This is Paul again. He says, yet desire earnestly, earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. He says in verse 5, Now I wish all of you spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edifying. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by a revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? So the gift of prophecy, we're we're to eagerly, earnestly desire to prophesy. And we know this ability is available to us, right? We know that Pentecost happened. We know that day of Pentecost, Peter, he's quoting the prophet Joel. The prophet Joel says this, and it's actually the Lord speaking. He says, it shall be on the last days. You guys are all familiar with this, right? It shall be on the last days that I will pour out of my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Prophecy. It's a vital part of the Christian life. Can we all agree with that? Like you got, it's just a part of the deal. And I love it because of Jesus, because of what he's done, you and I, and we've talked so much about this in the last month, you and I have the very Spirit of God living inside of us, and by his Spirit, you can speak forth the things of God. Every one of you, men, women, young and old, we can prophesy. Now, before Jesus' life and death, we got the Old Testament, and we read a lot about the prophets in the Old Testament. Anybody in the daily reading plan, right? Do we got anyone? I think there's like 70, 80 of us in there, but... We, we read a lot about the prophets in the Old Testament. By the way, if you aren't a part of that daily reading plan, we'd love for you to be a part of it. Text us, 253-896-LIFE. 
How convenient is that number? How cool is that? 253-896-5433. I feel like I'm giving a promotional thing that if you call in the next five minutes, we're going to give you two of them, but you do have to pay the extra shipping and handling. But actually, I'm just asking you to read the Bible. Uh, you can also go online to our website, whatever you need to do to sign up. Just let us know. Text us, say, hey, I want to be a part of this, and we'll send you an invite. But we read these stories, don't we? In the Old Testament, of prophet after prophet after prophet, these special people with these special assignments to remind the nation of those covenants, even what Ashley was talking about, the covenants that God had made with his people. But then you, you read from these prophets, and there's so many warnings in there, right? They're, they're reminding people, pretty serious, about the words of God. They're reminding people of those words written in Deuteronomy. They're warning people against disobedience. They're reminding them of those curses, right, written in the law of Moses. But then the prophets, they're also reminding the people of the blessings as they follow and obey the Lord. Now here we are. I don't know exactly what day it is, but we're somewhere in June 2021, and we can look back and we can know that their counsel, their, their warnings, guess what? They're hardly ever followed. <laughs> have, you, have you noticed that? Like the people that heard their warnings, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, except for Nineveh with Jonah, that was pretty awesome, right? But Jonah wasn't even happy about that one. But normally they weren't followed. What did they do to the prophets? They killed them. Yeah, absolutely. And yet here we are, 2021. We can look back and many of those words preserved as Scripture. And we can say, wow, you know, God was speaking to them. God was speaking through them. Praise the Lord. Some of these names you're familiar with, maybe even named your children after some of these people. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Elijah, Amos, Malachi. The list goes on and on of prophets. We're told in the Bible Abraham was a prophet, Moses, even in Acts, I think it's chapter 2, they talk about David being a prophet. Again, people who heard from the Lord and then faithfully communicated what the Lord was saying to them, and then the Lord spoke through them. So there's a long line of Old Testament prophets. Eventually, you get to John the Baptist, right? The, the line of Old Testament prophets comes to an end. Many of us would consider John the Baptist as the last in that line. Kind of an intense guy. I don't know if you watched the last episode of The Chosen. Uh, pretty crazy guy uh, out in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus. And he's also preparing the way for this new covenant. And I love that we took communion today. This new covenant that's established through the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus. So John, again, last of this line, he's preparing the way for Messiah. For Messiah. And then now we get to Jesus. And with Jesus, we say this often, but Jesus changes everything. Maybe you've heard this before, and I believe this is absolutely true, that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is the dividing line of history. So you got before Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and you have after Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And one thing that he changed, he changed many things, but one of the things he changed is the way that humans, the way that you and I relate to God. And this is so important in regards to prophecy. Because Jesus, again, and we've said this how many times, but Jesus made it possible for the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Can we always just praise the Lord for that beautiful, powerful truth, that Jesus made a way for the very presence of God to dwell in us? That, that should always take our breath away. We should never stop singing praises, the, the goodness of that news. Because in the Old Testament, where you had to go to the tabernacle in the wilderness, or you had to go to the temple in Jerusalem, that now He dwells in us. Praise the Lord. 
So that means we don't have to go to a special prophet to know the Lord. We don't have to go to a special prophet to know the Lord or to hear what he's saying. Because in Jesus, we all know the Lord. That's what Jeremiah prophesied, right? We know this one, Jeremiah 31, 34, talking about this new covenant. He says, no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, hey, know the Lord. You know why? Because he's, the Lord says, they will all know me. Thank you, Jesus. They will all know me. Who? From the least to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Again, Jeremiah is talking about a new covenant that would be for everybody. Least to greatest. Where we would all know the Lord. We would know Him intimately. We'd know Him personally. Where, again, in the Old Testament you had to have that special, extremely rare person who'd have the Holy Spirit come upon them to empower them, to remind Israel of those covenants. But now, in Jesus, we're under the new covenant where we all know the Lord. Each one of us, a living temple of God. Is there joy in the house today? A living temple of God. Each one empowered to proclaim the blessings of the new covenant of Jesus. Amen. Absolutely. I want to uh, read Peter one more time. Again, he's quoting the prophet Joel. This time I'm going to keep on reading a little bit further. He says, It shall be in the last days, God says, I shall pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because of Jesus, each one knows the Lord. And we can speak forth the word of the Lord. We've got to understand this life spring. I don't want any of us drifting back into Old Testament ways of thinking here. We're under the new covenant of Jesus' blood where God's spirit is in you. And this means you don't have to wait for somebody else to tell you to know God. Because in Jesus, if you've professed Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you believe in Jesus, guess what? You know God. I hope that's an encouragement to some of you today. If you said yes to Jesus, guess what? You know God. God is in you. God is speaking to you. And God desires to speak through you. And again, we call this prophecy. And yet, I, mean, I, I encounter this, it feels like, on a weekly basis, uh, there's a couple of things that either people don't know that it's possible or I, I find this a lot that they think yeah maybe it's possible but it's not for me right I mean sure I'm, I'm sure there's somebody somewhere that does that kind of thing but it's not for me God would never want to speak through me I love Steve Shell's book the promise of the father he, he writes this he says that most believers need to be taught that they can prophesy and, and I, I think that's absolutely true that most believers need to be taught they can prophesy. He, he says, The thought of speaking the word of the Lord can be so intimidating that many of us become afraid to step out. We become afraid to try. And it's true. I, I think for me, when I was a kid, I had a couple of hang-ups on this whole thing. One, I thought that prophecy or prophesying always had to do with predicting the future. You know what I'm talking about? Now, for me, it was because when I was a kid, uh, we would go gro grocery shopping. We're talking the 80s and the 90s. And you'd go and you'd get to the checkout. And there was those tabloids. Any, anyone know what I'm talking about? The tabloid magazines. And some of them were in black and white. And, and there always seemed to be something about the royal family. Like the tabloids love talking about the royal family, something about Princess Diana. But then there was, again, this is the 80s and 90s. If you guys remember, there was always something about a guy. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yes. You were at the same shopping place that I was at. Nostradamus. 
There was always that. Nostradamus. And it was about the end of the world. And, and again, you're like eight years old and you're like, Ooh. but anyways, I, I always thought that it had to be, and every prophecy had to be about the end of the world as well. But so that's my first big hang up, thinking that prophecy was always about future telling. I didn't realize that, yeah, absolutely, some of prophecy can be about the future. We have some of those prophecies here at Life Spring. Praise the Lord. But just as a, that is a part of prophecy. Prophecy, more than anything, it is speaking forth the things of God. And that can be about the future, but that can be about today. So that was a big deal for me. In fact, very encouraging. I hope that's encouraging for some of you today that I learned that prophecy, again, is simply speaking forth the things of God, a message from God, speaking God's heart, God's heart for his people. Yes, sometimes for the future, but also for here today. The other hang-up for me, and maybe this was just from watching too many Hollywood movies, uh, I just felt like that prophecy was going to be given to someone who almost would be, if you know what I'm talking about, maybe you've seen the movie, but they're uncontrollably shaken and their eyes begin to flutter. Like, anyone seen that movie, right? And they just begin to, like, almost like they can't help it. They just kind of vomit out the words of God. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And then as a kid, you're like, no way. <laughs> like, if that's what prophecy is, I don't want anything to do with that. Right? And, and then it was always like, thus saith the Lord. And then it was like King James Version. Like, we went back 500 years. It was like, and thou art thou, and thus and thy, and ah. Uh. Yeah. But thankfully, God is so good. He used people like my father, if you've met my dad. Uh, and a man named Robert Henderson, these wise men taught me that prophecy, I didn't have to shake, I didn't have to get all weird and crazy. Yeah, actually, sometimes maybe that even happens, but you, you don't have to go there that God speaks in a language that I understand. He's my father. He's a good father. He wants to speak to me. He wants me to understand his voice. And they would share and they'd sit with me and say, Dan, sometimes his voice comes in a shout, but sometimes his voice comes in a whisper. And I'd learn that it's a walk with God, a beautiful peace-filled walk with God, but that as he's walking with me, guess what? He's also talking with me. And most of the words that he would say to me were just for me. You know what I'm talking about with that walk with God? They're just words that you cherish in your heart, you treasure in your heart. But then there's also words that he was speaking to you where you realize you became sensitive to say, God, you might be wanting to speak that, not just to me, but through me for somebody else. And so God helped me through those hang-ups, and I'm sure many of you have similar hang-ups or different hang-ups, but I'm telling you, as I was working on this message this week, my pastor's heart came out for you. I, I, my heart, my love for you, churches, came out. And so I wanted to teach us, teach all of us a little bit, get us on that journey, get us in uh, that growth journey of learning how to prophesy. So we're going to have a list. You might want to write it down if you've got your cell phone or a pen and paper. You might want to write down this list. By the way, I did not come up with this list. It comes from Pastor Steve Shell. But even before I jump into this list, I, I would say this kind of an umbrella comment over this idea of prophecy. More than anything, please, please walk in humility with all of us. That we would be humble. Uh, man, you want to see the opposite of that? Go on YouTube, search prophecy, and have fun. Like, wow. Like, it has gotten crazy out there. Uh, I would just encourage you to walk in a spirit of humility with all this. I'd also say this. Find people you can trust. People that you know that uh, know the Word of God, know the Bible, that are living that life of character, integrity, and humility with God. And then I'd say this, open up to them and allow them to teach you. 
Allow them to correct you. Allow them to guide you and lead you in this area. And more than anything, church, just be hungry. Eagerly, earnestly, hunger to grow in the area of prophecy. So here we go. First step is here. Learn the character of God. Learn the character of God. You want to be speaking the things of God? You probably need to ask this question. Is this even something that God would say? Does that make sense? Learn the character of God. Is this even something that God would say? So if you want to know the character of God, then guess what? Learn the Word of God. Learn the Word of God. Recently, we had a man, he he would come and he would tell us that he was speaking on behalf of God. But I'm telling you, the discernment of the Holy Spirit inside of me and the discernment in my team and the discernment in our pastors here, we, we just knew that God wouldn't say the things that you're telling us that God is saying. They didn't align with God's character. They didn't align with God's Word. And so you learn the character of God by learning the Word of God. This is also very important, that you don't just learn one or two scriptures from the Word of God, right? Where you just cherry-pick from Scripture to make your point. You ever heard that person before? That, no, you would actually learn the whole character of God from the whole counsel of God. So learn the character of God. Learn the voice of God, number two. Learn the voice of God. So read the Bible with open eyes. Read the Bible with open ears. You, you don't just read it like you read a novel. I, I love reading. You guys know that. I, I'm, I, I read all the time. But I read the Bible differently than I would read a textbook or a history book or a novel. You've you got to read the Bible with the expectation that this is the living Word of God. Church, do you believe that it's the living Word of God? Yeah, absolutely. Amen. So if you're sitting there, you would just have the expectation, God, you want to speak to me by your word, by your spirit, by your word. So we have to have eyes to see, ears to hear. And hopefully we've all had this experience where you're sitting down with God. You know what it's like when you open up the Bible, you're reading, and then all of a sudden you go, whoa, God is speaking. God is speaking. Which leads me to my next step. Learn the voice of your flesh. This takes... Again, a large amount of humility, honesty, grace, right? you got to constantly evaluate, is this God or is it just me? One of my crass friends over in Spokane would say, is this God or is this gas? <laughs> yeah, we were younger back then. But uh, the idea is, just, is this what God is saying? Or is this what I want God to say? You ever been there before? Like, is this what God is saying or is this what I wish God would say. Is this God or is this my flesh? Be patient with yourself on this one. Learning to distinguish between the spirit and your flesh, that is a journey, right? Anybody else still on the journey? I'm still on the journey. It's a grace-filled journey. But I'd also say this. Keep on stepping out in faith and you will grow in your ability to discern what is of the spirit but what is of the flesh. But I, I really believe this. It takes some time. Learn, number four, learn to submit to a community of believers. Again, man, this is so important. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. Amen. First uh, Corinthians 14, 29. This is a little bit later. We're going to cover this in a few weeks. But the Apostle Paul says, let two or three people prophesy. But then he says, let others evaluate what is said. So just because something is said here at church, it doesn't mean it's from God. Do you know that? <clears throat> And that means whether it's from you or whether it's from me, we evaluate what God is saying. We evaluate what man, what flesh, what humans, men and women say. Now we evaluate it hopefully with grace, right? Full of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like, don't be a jerk about it. Like, but we have to be willing to say just because you said 
it was from God doesn't mean it was from God. We discern. We evaluate. Find someone to help you with this. Church, I do this all the time. With my wife, Mary, I'll say, hey, you know, I feel like the Lord is saying, dot, 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 whatever it is. Like, I feel like the Lord is saying. And then I just say, hey, would you pray about that? You ever done that with your spouse? Anyone that's married? Just like, hey, I really feel like God is putting this on my heart, but would you just pray through this and tell me what you think? And often, like, this will be a strong word. Like, I'm hearing from the Lord, but again, I'm not some Old Testament prophet where I'm the only one who has the Holy Spirit come upon me and Mary's just kind of hopeless over like, oh God, I hope you're speaking to my husband. No, she has the same Holy Spirit come on inside of her. And so often I rely on the discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit in her to help evaluate whether it's really God or not. Now I'll also say there's times when she's like, you're on your own on this one. (laughs) Like, we've been there too, but... Most of the time, it's just like, would you pray about this? She goes, yeah, of course. You know, we had a situation come up a few year, years ago at this church, and many of you probably remember this. Uh, she's actually a prophet, like in the sense of Ephesians 4, a fivefold ministry. You know, God gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I don't have time to go into that. That's a whole other message. But she operates, she moves in the office of prophet. And so she came, and, and I gave her permission to, to, to do that on a Sunday morning. And so she spoke some things in that service that were very bold. And you can imagine what happened. Some people left the church over that day. They thought it wasn't from God. So, okay. So now we have people that think, hey, this is not of God. So my wife and I had to seek the Lord. We had to go to the Lord in prayer. Like, we took this very seriously. We sought the Lord. We, we interviewed the people that she had spoken to and said, hey, like, what do you think? Like, is this from the Lord or not? Is this God? And we decided... That, yes, this is God. God is speaking. And if you remember that day, that was a huge day of breakthrough for our church. A huge day. Something broke that day. Something happened that day. In fact, you could almost say, from that day forward, we moved, We have moved in the prophetic more than we ever did before that day. But on that day, we as a team, as pastors, as leadership, we had to, in community, we had to seek the Lord in prayer and say, is this you, God? Don't be afraid to do that. Number five, learn to recognize what God is doing. Learn to recognize what God is doing. This is the idea of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You guys know what I'm talking about? When I'm saying just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. This is meaning that when is just as important as what? So it's it's the timing of the Lord. When you say something, it's just as important as what you say. We must be sensitive to his timing. Now, I've said this a few times in this series, but in the way that we do church, where we got this one hour on a Sunday morning, come on, it is not conducive for these manifestations of the Spirit in this hour. I mean, even though we see some of it, it's tough because we're trying to do a lot. Have you noticed we are cramming a lot into one hour? And so that's why we encourage you to live by the Spirit, not just on a Sunday morning, but live by the Spirit. Be open to His manifestations, not just during the church service, but all the time. So be sensitive to the Lord. Recognize what He's doing as you're getting your kids ready for church. Come on, anyone know what I'm talking about, right? Recognize what the Lord and how His Spirit is moving on your drive to church. How many people fight on the way to church? Just get over the fight. Stop fighting. Instead, seek the Lord. Let's have peace in our cars on the way to church. 
Be sensitive to what He's doing in the parking lot as you come out of your car and you come and you meet the greeters. Be sensitive to what He's doing as you sit in your seat before the service starts. Be sensitive to what He's doing after the service is over and you're talking to someone in the sanctuary or in the lobby or out in the lawn. And be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what He's doing during your week. Now, during that actual Sunday morning experience, that hour on Sunday, we we have these opportunities. You'll, you'll see me even. You'll, you'll notice, like, Pastor Dan, he, he's trying to be sensitive to what God is doing. Others of us, we're trying to be sensitive. And, and again, and it's hard because it's like, but I know I have a worship set that we need to do, and we know that worshiping God is really important. And then we have a message, a sermon, and we know that preaching the Word of God is so very important. So we need to make sure we do these things, that we're faithful to do these things. But then, you'll, again, you'll see me processing God. Even in the midst of that, I'm, I'm processing God's move. We're, we're, we're trying to be sensitive to the Lord. And so I'll come up, and you'll hear me say phrases exactly like this, right? I'll say, I just kind of feel like God is wanting to do this, right? I feel like God is wanting to do that. Uh, we just had this happen a couple of weeks ago. I, I gave three prophetic words during the service. Or you could even say maybe there are words of knowledge. And, and again, I was like, I feel like the Lord has... And one of those was one of you... Uh, that the Lord was saying that you had tried to learn Spanish in the past, but the Lord was saying that you were supposed to learn Spanish. You were supposed to take it up again and learn Spanish. Or, or a few weeks ago, I felt really strong from the Lord that He had told me that one of you was wanting to give up on your life. And it was pretty serious. And so I, I gave that word. And I'm just, again, trying to sensitively speak these things out. Now, all four of those prophetic words, they were confirmed later by people who either came up to me or texted me, called me, whatever. Just, hey, thank you for saying that. That was the Lord speaking to me. So again, just part of moving in the prophetic is learning to recognize what God is doing in the moment. To practice this. And, and again, I want all of us to practice this. To, to practice this in your life, I just say this. A great place to practice that is in worship. So when we're speaking to the Lord, singing to the Lord, and our hearts are stirred, and we know we're uh, with the Lord. If the Lord begins to speak to you, uh, a great first step would just be to write that down. Right? Write it down. Put it down. And, and then when you write it down, I'd put down the date, put down the time. Write it down. Or if you're in a Bible study, or if you're in some other group here at the church, a living room, park, wherever it is, and the Lord begins to stir your heart, can you just do me a favor? Can you write that down? Can you put it in your phone or put it in a journal? Write it down. I, I think that's a great first step in practicing, again, being sensitive to the move of God. All right, number six. Learn to ask whether that word is meant just for you. You know, just because he's speaking to you doesn't mean you have to share it. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Right? Sometimes you got to just take that thing to the Lord in prayer. He'll, he'll reveal something about somebody, and, and it's not so that I go talk to them. It's so that I just begin to intercede for that person in prayer. Not everything you say or that you receive needs to be shared. I'll add this. Not everything you receive from the Lord needs to be said in public. Man, I, I, I'm terrible at numbers, but most of the prophetic words that I get for other people, I share in private compared to in public. Almost, I mean, I was going to give a number, but it's probably going to be wrong. But like, I was going to, I'm just going to say it. 99 out of 100 words that I have. But that's probably wrong because I don't even know. But most of the words that the Lord gives me for others, I share in private compared to in a public setting. Number seven, learn when to stop. <laughs> say what God tells you to say and then stop. This isn't time for another sermon. Right? So you speak what the Lord is saying, but then you're done. 
and be done. I think we've all been in the room, right? Come on, we've all been in the room. When someone starts speaking and we're like, oh man, this is the Lord. And then they keep talking. <laughs> and there's a point where somewhere along the line where it was like the Lord and then it kind of turns into being their flesh. And, and we've all done that before. I've done that before. You've done that before. But as much as possible, don't do that. Number eight, and this is the last one. Uh, learn to be careful about directed prophecies. Steve Shell says it this way. In the New Covenant, since God speaks to all, we don't need directive prophecies the way people did in the centuries before Jesus. Avoid telling people what decisions to make in matters where the Bible is silent. And for the most part in my own life, I've set some parameters, some limits uh, in the area of directive pr- prophecy. So I'm probably not going to tell you who to marry. Probably not going to tell you where to move. Probably not going to tell you where to work. I mean, I'll help you process those decisions. I am your pastor. I want to encourage you in the Lord. I'll pray for you. But I'm also going to rely heavily on the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. So I'm going to ask you, seek the Lord. And what is the Lord telling you? And and I'll help you with that. I'll walk with you through that. But I'm probably not going to give you the King James, thus saith the Lord, for your life. You, You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So I hope this helps. And I actually want the worship team to come back up because... I want us all, Life Spring, because don't you know God has some things for us to do uh, in this time and season? It's not an accident that we are in the Seattle area in 2021. I am so excited about what God is doing in the Pacific Northwest. And I, I want to see all of us stepping out more and more in this area. Again, not just on a Sunday morning, but throughout our lives, Monday through Saturday. Because listen, church, the prophecy of Joel has come true in Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? The prophecy of Joel has come true in Jesus Christ. He has baptized us with and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can prophesy. We can speak forth the Word of God. And I I know it's intimidating. I get that. But we can grow. We can learn. As long as we stay humble. As long as we stay open to correction. As long as we seek wisdom from others and seek the wisdom of God. Church, we can do this. Lifespring, it's important that we do this. Right? This isn't just some, like, trick that you show off at a party. This is so important. I close with this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14.3, But the one who prophesies speaks to people, this is from the NIV, for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. See, it's vital that we do this so that the people around you are strengthened, encouraged, and comforted in the Lord. People are going through it right now, and they need a word from God. They need to know that God is alive, that God is with them, that God is for them, that God loves them. They need to hear from their heavenly Father that He has not abandoned them. He has not left them. He has not forsaken them. And He wants to do that. Church, life spring, wake up. He wants to do that through you. And so as we close, I I wanted to give each of us an opportunity to do this. Um, I'm going to ask the ushers to go ahead and pass out these cards. And these are blank cards for you to take home with you. And as the Lord leads, maybe put it in your purse, in your binder, whatever you got, just as the Lord leads through this week, just be sensitive to how He might want to speak through you to someone else. Again, how He might want to speak to you and through you for someone else, for their strengthening, for their encouragement, for their comfort. 
So as the Lord speaks to you, write it down. And if you're so brave, maybe even give it to them. Give them the card. And by the way, when you give the card, again, walk in humility. Maybe even in the card you write something down like this. Again, this is my pastor's heart coming out for you guys today. If you've never done something like this, maybe just write in the card and say, Hey, you know what? I'm trying to learn how to hear from the Lord. And I feel like maybe he's wanting to tell you, da, da, da. Right? There's nothing wrong with some humility. Like I just feel like God maybe is wanting to tell you that he loves you or that he's for you or that he sees you. That he knows what you're walking through. That God is with you. Or that God sees your faith. Or God sees your faithfulness. God sees your devotion. Whatever it is. I don't know what it is. And by the way, don't just make it up. And don't just say something nice to be nice. Let it be from the Lord. So again, you can write this down now. Or maybe take it home with you and write something down later. Again, as the Lord leads. Let's sing this song together. We sang it earlier. And I just love this song. Pour out your spirit. Again, this is what happens when God's people meet together in the presence of God. He pours out His Spirit, and His sons and His daughters prophesy. And again, this isn't just some show-off kind of pony trick. Like, this is not just something you do to impress your friends. It's because the world around you needs to know that God is real, and they need to be strengthened and encouraged comforted by the living God. Praise the Lord. Let's sing this together. Would you stand with us?